You're listening to Metal and High Heels, the official podcast from the magazine about metal, lifestyle, and entertainment. Hey, this is Steffi, and this is the episode number 19 of the Metal and High Heels podcast. And this is Kiki, we're your hosts of the Metal and High Heels podcast. Thank you for joining us. Show notes with links and everything we mentioned during this show, you can find um, under metal-and-highheels.com slash podcast19. And tweet at us while listening to this episode, mentioning us at Metal High Heels. And um, yeah, and if you have a moment, uh, you can also uh, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher so that other people also get to know what we do here on the Metal and High Heels podcast. That'd be really cool. And uh, Pia is not with us tonight, today, <laughs> uh, but she will be back on the next episode of the Metal and High Heels podcast. And uh, it's actually because she's... Is she still traveling? Mm, yeah, I think so. She told us. Yeah, she's working and traveling and has no time, sadly. <laughs> yeah, but she will be back. And uh, we are recording this episode um, on Monday, February 26th. And tomorrow it'll be on air already or online. Because we've been having a few technical difficulties, right, Stevie? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, was not that nice. Yeah, the software just didn't want to work. It was annoying. Yes, and... Um, we will have to record a very special episode that we're planning for you guys uh, or for everyone out there uh, a third time because um, it's some kind of curse oh, <laughs> that's on this episode. Uh, we went to talk about Nightwish for a whole hour, but the, the recordings keep disappearing, so... <laughs> We will have to record that for a third time. But today we want to talk about a couple of bands uh, that we have noticed that are coming a lot into the metal scene. And we are wondering why, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it's just um, all stuff about blues rock or psychedelic rock, you can also say. And in the last, I don't know, three days maybe, I would say two or three years, they became more and more. Uh, also, lots of um, has have female um, singers. And so, yeah, of course, it is in our focus. <laughs> and yeah, why? Why is it called metal? Because it is not metal at all. <laughs> Yeah, that's what that's what we're wondering today because um, yeah, as uh, Steffi was just saying, uh, we're talking about mostly, obviously, mostly about uh, bands with um, female members. Although there's an exception on the bands that I'm looking at right now, but we can start with uh, Blue Spills. Yeah, I think they are the best example, um, and just the, mo the best known too. Yeah, exactly. I think the most famous one. And I think they became famous, yeah, about these last three years, 
three years ago they had their debut album. Uh, what was it? I think um, High Class. The singer was called High Class Woman. That was also the first song I listened, and I was very very impressed. I loved it a lot because it was just different, and I think it's always very refreshing to have a different sound which um, has similar to to metal because of the guitars because of the atmosphere um yeah so it was it was nice it was very um yeah has has a special groove and um the, the singer has a very um strong voice um mm -hmm. You can call her the the daughter of Jess Joplin, maybe. Uh, it's it's impressive. Uh, yeah, but then also also a lot of other people thought, oh yeah, they are very very good, and so they just became very fast, very famous. And I think now they did in second album, full length album. Uh, the what was it? Lady in Gold. Yes. They became a little bit too famous because they lost their style somehow. Maybe I don't know if it's because of the production, because of the label, but the sound got too polished. Polished is a good word, I think. It's it, it has a polished sound. Lady in Gold has a polished sound. A little bit too easy. Um, well, Blue Spills were founded in uh, 2011. Then they were signed to Nuclear Blast. And with Nuclear Blast already, they released their um, album Blue Spills in 2014. That's where Heikla's Woman comes off. And 2016 was Lady in Gold, where they just boomed i think they were the headliners of um rock art festival last year they were on the cover and had um an ep i think uh, that was released with uh, with rock art magazine with the german rock art so that's when that's when we really started to to hear from them everywhere here in germany i think two years ago last year And uh, I actually like Lady in Gold. You wrote about that um, album, right, Steffi? Yeah, exactly, I did. And um, yeah, I like it still. But I think the debut album, Blue Spills uh, itself, was better because it had a fresher sound. It um, was more innovative. And the Lady in Gold was, yeah too polished it was a little bit it was very easy to listening to going into the mainstream already really mainstream i think one or two songs there you could listen in the radio yeah i think that that would be possible to play it um maybe also i think there was also one one ballad um And lots of people mm -hmm. also on YouTube in the comments uh, just wrote, the, oh, wow, that's Adele. <laughs> and I think if you have a compare to Adele, then, um, yeah, you can think about if you got into the mainstream. So, yeah, and uh, there's another um, blues rock band that signed to Nuclear Blast. They're from Norway. 
So kind of neighbors, <laughs> Blue Spill's neighbors, <laughs> they're called Pristine. And they're not as famous, I think, right? I didn't uh, heard them before, I have to say. I um, Yeah, because you, you wrote that they would fit into this episode, but before I did mention it. Well, um, I haven't seen much uh, promotion or anything, or I haven't heard much of them either, but I, I have... I am a subscriber of the Nuclear Blast YouTube channel, and I think that's how I saw one of their um, one of their music videos, and that's how I learned of the existence of the band. So, uh, Pristine are also um, a female-fronted blues rock band that's signed to Nuclear Blast, and that's where um, that's when I started thinking: Is this some kind of phenomenon that? these female-fronted blues rock bands are getting signed on to Nuclear Blast and, and I don't know, um, handled as if they were uh, metal bands. Because Nuclear Blast, I, my, um, my concept of Nuclear Blast is of a very heavy metal record yes. label. One of the biggest labels, metal. I think they also describe themselves as so. Exactly. Maybe because they are so big, they want to to have some bands in every genre and also sub 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 genre. I don't know. Maybe that's the reason. Yeah, to expand into a more crossover crossover yeah. genre. Yeah, and we were also discussing that it might be because uh, women in metal are right now such a big thing that they saw women in blues rock and thought well we can just put them there with all the others <laughs> oh that's sad <laughs> because that's something that's something that happens you know i mean um i hadn't seen that before or i hadn't analyzed that outside of metal but when the when tours come around and they are grouping up a lot of bands that sound nothing like the other, but they have women singing, so they're like, you know, oh, yeah. one tour. Yes, I, re I remember that, that, what was it? Female Metal Night? I have no idea. Or the Female f Voices Tours. Yes. Something like that. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, and and that's something that I also uh, watched this past this past month when I went to see Therion in concert. Um, Therion were the headliner, and I mean they're metal opera. Uh, they are symphonic. They are you know, and they are known for for that. Before they are known for having um, women's voices in them or, or female singers in in the band, but and the the band before them were also of this very same genre. They have even collaborated with each other. Imperial Age, I'm talking about, but the band before that was a German band, Null Positive, and that has nothing to do with symphonic metal. Okay. But it has a female singer. And 
And the funny thing, and I wrote this on my article about that concert, is that for the very, very opener, because there were four bands in total, the first band was a, a power metal band, also with a woman behind the microphone from the US. And they were very small, but they at least were part of the concept, you know, or a little bit part of the concept. And um, there wasn't, there weren't many people watching them. But when New Positive started, there was a lot of people. To Rock was almost full. And when they left, the venue was empty again. Or not empty, but at least half empty, you know, like there were a lot of people that didn't really like uh, or, or or maybe weren't big fans of Therion or Symphonic Metal, but they went, they went there only to see No Positive. But then they also left. Because I hear a lot about uh, of people say or argue with um, saying, well, we mix the styles in a tour because some people go for one band and then discover others and... Uh, That's how bands gain fans. You know what I mean? But this time, for example, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But maybe it was also because you said it is a German band. Maybe it's just also from that town. So it was they were just the hardcore fans, I don't know, from from the work, from university, from whatever. And so they just supported them. Yes, of course. And that's and I mean it's also logical for the for the booker or the event organizers to say okay we're we're bringing some bands that might not fill the club so we book a German band so that a lot of people will come, but I don't know it's like it's a little bit frustrating to see that uh, that that kind of works, but that those people don't even stay to watch the headliner. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a little bit crazy. If you pay pay for your ticket and then just go for one band. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So that's that's kind of the phenomenon that I that I that I've been um watching the past yeah, the past uh, months and and that was that was kind of my question. I mean, <laughs> what does Blue Spills and Pristine have to do with any other nuclear blast band i mean sometimes their blues rock is very doomy and very dark but um yeah it it doesn't fit completely for me but maybe you can just describe it as a subgenre of metal also like um stoner rock is oh that's true oh interesting oh. yeah <laughs> very interesting <laughs> And yes, because apparently this doesn't only happen with um, female-fronted bands. Uh, apparently there is a band called Samsara, Blue, Blue, Samsara Blues Experiment. And they are playing this year uh, on the Rock Hard Nights, which is uh, from Rock Hard Magazine, um, an event series or, or several concerts called Rock Hard Nights. Um, so yeah, that's another blues rock band that sometimes is very dark and very doom, um, heavy on the doom, <laughs> but, uh, but isn't really heavy metal. Yeah. But how longer I think about that, um, more, I just noticed other bands, um, 
which had such sound. We interviewed one of them at the Tuska festival. Yeah. But yes. Who? But now, I, yes, I just tried to remember the name. Um, mm -hmm. They met kind of occult rock. Mm -hmm. They were very dark and, um, yeah, sang about that occultic um, stuff. Like, I don't know, like witches and ghosts and... Cool. So, it was Sleep of Monsters. Yes. Oh. And they also do, um, I would call it psychedelic rock. And, yeah, how you said, it's it's dark, it's doomy, but it's still rock. There is no metal. Maybe just a few influences of metal styles. Mm -hmm. But on all, you cannot call it metal, I think. And, yeah, I think the most interesting thing is that these, especially blues rock, just got so famous in the last years. Yeah. It's so common. But that they are... Um, I think they were always... They always have been a part of the metal genre because the um, the topics they sing about are similar to lots of metal bands and also the, the atmosphere of the songs such um, that doomy, melancholic sound. So I think lots of Metal fans also like this kind of music. Yes, that's true. And I guess that's why it's also successful, right? Maybe, yes. Uh, I just uh, looked up the genre of Sleep of Monsters. Um, Wikipedia says, of course, Wikipedia is not always right, but it says it's <laughs> um, alternative and indie. So, yeah, it's not metal and all. Maybe we should just accept all these bands as subgenre, which is not metal, but <laughs> part of the metal scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, we accept them. And of course, we are also a little bit uh, fans. I like uh, Blue Spills a lot. Yeah, another uh, kind of phenomenon that comes and goes that we were, that we were talking about is um, also these all-female pop rock bands that want to like that want to get into the 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 metal scene right yes that want to appeal to 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 metal fans and i'm gonna go with uh, with um with the older one first and i don't mean older one but they they are not as active now as they were uh, a few years earlier and the band is indica The Finnish, I think Finnish band, it's kind some kind of crossover uh, between this Celtic pop with some heavier elements. And um, as far as I know, some of the songwriting was uh, was done in collaboration with uh, Thomas Holopainen from, from Nightwish. And they are also signed to Nuclear Blast. They haven't released anything in a while. But um, they were very they were very present. I think a couple of years ago. Have you heard from them, uh, Steffi? Have you heard? Have you listened to their no, music? Not really. I once 
discovered one or two videos about them or from them on YouTube, but that's all. I never listened to a whole album or something. Apparently they were, uh, they started in 2001 and were signed to Sony from 2002 to 2009. And then they uh, were signed by Nuclear Blast in 2009. Hmm. Crazy. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why did they... Right. Mm. And I, I just wondering, they produced already seven albums. That's a lot. Yeah. Wow, okay. Seven albums um, with two of them on the third place of the Finnish charts. Yeah. And 2010's Away Away was on was number 20 on the German charts. So yeah, kind of uh, poppy, kind of mainstream. But I think they did kind of um, their their image was a lot about them being uh, being an all female um, pop Celtic pop band. Yeah, they describe themselves as a mystical romantic pop band. Mystical yeah. <laughs> romantic? Oh, that sounds sweet. <laughs> totally, and. <laughs> Uh, yes, apparently they 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 are also consider considered alternative, or even symphonic metal, and another band that considers themselves uh, symphonic metal, although I totally disagree, are Exit Eden, and Exit Eden have been, <laughs> we've talked about them uh, since the whole thing, since the band came out last year, we've talked about them a lot. I wrote about the their album. I had a nice talk with the with the with the girls and i went to read this um um again i'm on wikipedia and the definition of exit eden is exit eden is a symphonic metal super group that performs cover versions of well-known pop and rock songs yeah, yeah i think that that fits really <laughs> yes I mean, super, it's, it's just a project of lots of different singers, female singers from different yeah. bands. Yeah. And they just met together for that project. And I think that's the definition of a super group. You have musicians of different bands, which are all famous. Who are already famous, sure. From, but yeah, so. yeah, but they are not the band. They are just the singers. Yeah, yeah, that's the other side. It's, yeah. They're just singers and no, um, not the guitarist, not the drummer. Not the instrumentalists, It's, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, yes, uh, Exit Eden, as you might know, is signed to Napalm Records and pushed a lot by uh, Starwatch Entertainment, or should I say promoted by Starwatch Entertainment and... Um, Yeah, that's why we've we've seen them so much. They have had a full six music videos. And um yeah. Which are all the same. Which are which look all the same. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was very cheap um opportunity to do such a lot of videos, just all the same costumes, the same location and just okay, now you have to sing seven songs <laughs> in all that in that safe setting. I think that was the story behind it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not? 
But um, yeah, but then again, you know, why are they on Napalm Records? They should be on, I don't know, Sony, Warner, whoever also works with uh, Star Watch Entertainment. And um, I've heard actually that they, uh, they didn't do as well as expected. They hit number 15 in the German album charts. And I mean number 15, it's not bad, right? But apparently uh, they wanted to get higher than that. And um, I don't know. <laughs> huh. Yeah, but um, all in all, we, di we didn't really have a point with this, <laughs> with this podcast episode. We were just wondering about what all of these bands uh, are doing uh, in, the, in these supposed uh, very heavy metal record labels and um, festivals and magazines. So if anyone knows why, tweet at us at Metal High Heels or send us a message on our Facebook page. Yeah, maybe we can discuss it then in, a, in the next episode. Anyway, don't forget to subscribe to the Metal and High Heels podcast on iTunes or your preferred podcatcher. You can find all the episodes at www.metal-and-highheels.com slash podcast. The show notes for this specific episode are on metal-and-highheels.com slash podcast19 because this is episode number 19. Big thanks to Cassandra Novell and Mercy Isle for our very cool, very cool jingle that's based on their song Storm. Check them out and talk to you next time. Bye-bye.